Good afternoon. Welcome back to the show. This is Chelsea on Chadwell. There's no secret that there has been a huge increase in sober living. Sarah Kate is joining the show. And Sarah, I'm hoping that you can help answer some of those questions as to why we're seeing this movement into sober living. But it's something that I don't think can be ignored. I mean, this is something that's really increasing in popularity, right? Yes, and thank you for having me today. I'm really excited about talking about this. And um, you mentioned sort of off the top that, you know, uh, younger generations and lots of people, there's a movement toward this. And I actually say it's less about, I always say it's not about sobriety and uh, it's about wellness. And I think that what's happening is there's a couple of like different things that have kind of influenced this. And you mentioned a whole bunch of them, but in addition to that, Social media has democratized uh, health and wellness and information, our access to information. And people are little by little starting to realize that, um, you know, it's not helpful. It's not, um, you know, great to drink in the amounts that we are drinking now. And, for, for, you know, prior generations didn't drink as much as we did. And I'm by no means judging anybody who wants to have a glass of wine on a Friday. I think what my, you know, I'm advocating for loving and living a life with less alcohol because you get a lot more benefits from it. Well, there have been so many conversations that we've had about, you know, the increase of alcohol intake over the course of the pandemic. A lot of people, you know, at, mm-hmm. at home, habits yeah. changed, idle hands, yeah. you know, maybe it's it's some yeah. of those reasons, right? And now yeah. it seems that on the outset of it, we're sort of coming out of the fog and realizing collectively, you know, maybe that's not the right approach for me. So yeah. do you think that this is COVID related? I mean, is this a byproduct of what we've all gone through? How much do you attribute it to that? So I think what happened is, um, like like I mentioned, you know, we've, we've got a lot more access to information now. But yes, COVID, what happened is, not that people were drinking more, because we, we know that, but what happened is people realized how addictive alcohol is during COVID because they were increasing their intake. So I think what happened is a lot of people realized, oh, this isn't just fun and games, um, you know, and, and they were noticing their alcohol in, uh, intake increasing. I think a lot of people kind of woke up and were like, wow, um, the reality is this is a sub- uh, this is a substance that I can um, maybe drink a little too much and it's an addictive substance and, and, are, and are scaling back on that. I think the reality of what alcohol is became clear to a lot of people. And, um, um, I don't think that would have happened had we not been locked down in our houses. Yeah, and I, do the benefits outweigh the cons at this point? I know for myself, I'm 34, and the way that I feel after a couple of drinks, it's it's changed. And everyone tells you that that's what's going to happen as you start to get a little yeah. older. I love wine, but I, you know, I'm really coming to terms with the fact that if I have a couple of glasses, the next day I'm going to feel it a, a lot more tired, uh, just more sluggish. I mean, yeah. it's a depressant, so it's not it it's not going to do really much for you, will it? Yeah, and yeah, no, and I, so I'm not a medical expert so by all means take everything i say with a grain of salt sure. it's just it's for my you know i've read i've done a lot of reading i've talked to a lot of people and you know along with being a depressant it you know it, it creates cortisol and stress in your body and people don't know this that you know once you your body wants to get back to homeostasis and when it's when, when you've been drinking and um so it, it does all these things to try and get you back to normal and it releases cortisol and it releases all these sort of sort of anxiety driven hormones and things like that so um you know along with feeling good for 15 minutes you've then got 
the repercussions, which last a lot longer. So um, the repercussions of a couple of glasses of wine last like 24 hours, and it's it's a, a you know an imbalance in your body, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And you see that in a lot of people who are alcohol-free. They say they're so happy to get rid of what they call anxiety. Mm, um, yes. You know that 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 day after, like oh my gosh, uh, feeling blue, feeling down, and I used to try and shrug that off. And because I didn't know there was a term for it, I used to just think, okay, you had fun last night, shrug it off. And then you, you learn that it's actually your, your body trying to regulate itself. You know, I'm curious if, if our listeners feel that this is something that they fall into too, and it's the, it's embracing the habit. Send me a text Chad nation as we're having this conversation, 780-496-0063 with uh, an alcohol, alcohol-free sommelier, Sarah Kate. For me, it's about the, the habit of it's been a long day, you know, been a mom all day, worked, worked mm-hmm. again and, yeah. you know, cleaned up the house. And then at the end of the day, you want to give yourself that reward and it's sort of that habit of, I deserve this and I want to give myself something that's why I think it's really it's really interesting what you do as a non-alcoholic sommelier is you can embrace having something as that kind of fits in that place of a reward but it's it's not going to have the the anxiety effect or the (laughs) the negative reaction in your body yeah, that's right. And that, you know, there's, it's, that's twofold. One, it's uh, looking, you know, looking at non-alcoholic drinks, um, you know, with a different lens of like, I just want to have a drink. I want to have something enjoyable in my hand and um, finding, you know, replacing your wine with that thing that um, can give you the feeling of having a drink in your hand because you're going to sit down with that drink and you're going to relax. And that's kind of the second part of it is that a lot of the time you're, you don't need a glass of wine to relax. You need to sit down on the couch for 15 minutes with, you know, your kids need to leave you alone for 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, so you need, you need somebody to rub your feet for you. Like that's what the real need is. I always say to people that, um, you know, you don't necessarily need a glass of wine. You need something else. But we have been trained to turn to having a glass of wine. I was exactly like that. I was like, I got home from work. I had to have a glass of wine. I had to have a glass of wine while I was making dinner. And then I had to have a glass of wine after dinner while I was cleaning up. And, um, you know, there came a point where I was like, okay, this isn't, you know, I'm not going to get into my story, but um, I loved that. And then once you remove that, you realize that you actually need something else. You actually need a foot rub. You need to sit down. You need a mental health break. Um, and you realize you have to seek those things. Yeah, you're searching for some type of comfort, but maybe it doesn't have to yeah. be in the form of, a, of an alcoholic yeah. drink. Yeah. I'm curious right. yeah. I'm curious what you think about some beverages that claim to raise serotonin levels in the brain. So there's, there's now this line of beverages that are, they're not available everywhere. A lot of them are, mm-hmm. are ones you have to order online. Kin is a big one that comes to mind. Yeah, Kin you fork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what it yeah, does is it, it raises... 5-HTP or it activates 5-HTP in your brain. So it gives you a sort of like a buzz, but not with alcohol. Can you speak to this a little bit? Yes. I love that you're asking me this because um, I've really been, I've tried them all. I've tried Kin, Desois, a couple of the other ones. And um, it's not what you think it is. You you do, it does, it does help serotonin. It does help you release 5-HTP, but it is so gentle. You barely feel it. Mm. You barely, you don't get a buzz from it. Um, you just sense a shift in mood and it's not huge. It's not like you've taken, you know, you know, taken something uh, harsh or something that's going to be fast acting. Um, it's very, very gentle and I wouldn't, I'm not against it because we're, we're looking for something that's going to give us, uh, sort of that, that feeling of happiness. And, uh, you really, you aren't supposed to over drink these things. They say on the can don't have more than two. 
Um, I hope that people aren't going to abuse that, but I don't know if you, you know, I don't know what the side effects are if you do have more than two, but um, they're, they're great placebos. Um, they taste good. And um, as far as I know, like they're, they're fairly safe if you have a couple of them and you do miss, you do miss something physical happening in your body. And, and when you're drinking non-alcoholic wine, you don't get that because there's no alcohol in it. Um, it's still a great option, but with Kin and with Dessois, you're, and some of these other kind of group of family of adaptogenic drinks, you are getting something. You're getting like a little feel, mellow feeling. I wonder if you think that with with drinks like this, it's sort of opening the door to to beverages that do that do something, maybe contain um, like a cannabis component or CBD mm-hmm. even. Do you think that there's this is sort of the way that the industry is going to move is beverages that contain an ingredient that's not alcohol, but maybe it gives you some type of a, an effect just in some way? I do. I actually think, um, you know, I, I obviously, I'm going to say, you know, drink responsibly whatever you're drinking, um, whether it has cannabis or in it or not. Um, but I do think that from an in- industry perspective, that that's what people want. They want something that's going to make them feel something, whether it's, um, you know, feeling mellow or feeling sleepy or whatever. I think that the industry is, it is opening the door to that a little bit. Um, I, what I've heard is that CBD drinks don't do very, haven't done very well, that people don't like CBD drinks. Um, so I'm not sure if that's actually just something, you know, that's not, I think that's just a rumor, but, um, I do, I do think that there's, um, going to be a door opening into this, uh, sort of world of adaptogenic things and what else can we feel without, without having a hangover. Uh, really appreciate Sarah's perspective. Of course, she's a non-alcoholic sommelier talking about the rise in sober living. Do you feel like that's something that's in line with how you want to live your life, Chet Nation? Uh, it's 4.15 right now. Of course, we have a huge game tonight at Rogers Place. The Leafs are in town, and there will be a lot of Leafs fans there. We'll talk about it with Reed Wilkins. He'll join me right after this. Chelsea on Chet continues next.